My numbers have Tennessee and Indianapolis as essentially a pick. I think I have Indianapolis by about a half point. Um, I am not a fan of Tennessee. Uh, They are not good in any of the passing metrics that I've been looking at. Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback that I actually have not trusted for longer than most people haven't trusted him. Uh, Even when he was kind of considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league, um, there was a lot of things that were kind of, you know, pulling him back to NFL average. And I've been against Tennessee. That didn't really work out for me last week as uh, statue Joe Burrow and his calf couldn't really move at all. Um, but, but I also like what's going on with, with Indianapolis. Uh, Anthony Richardson has been pretty good as a rookie. And that's something I'm not really surprised at. Uh, I had Matt Waldman, uh, fantasy football expert on my show. He is a tape grinder and he was so impressed with Richardson at Florida. And it wasn't something that the numbers bore out like his the Florida offense wasn't particularly great last year, but what he saw on tape was someone that was an elite learner uh, that, that really uh, had an elite brain. And, you know, we're kind of seeing that with, with this Indianapolis team. I also think like, you know, a lot of my metrics had them as the 30th best team in the NFL to start that season. And when I look at the, the personnel on that team, even without Richardson, that seems way too low. So, uh, you know, Indy was favored earlier this week. It has shifted all the way back to Tennessee by two and a half. Uh, I think you can again grab Indianapolis plus two and a half. Uh, I think a FanDuel this afternoon when I checked it. So uh, that is a side that I like for week five. All right. And that number does look to be pretty much painted across the board at Tennessee minus two and a half. So, yeah, those Colts plus two and a half widely available. And to no surprise to any regular listeners, when we talk teasers in a bit, that is the game that I will be touching on. But Ed, one side I want to run by you from my perspective, I'm seeing what I consider to be a lot of tight lines on the board this week. But I like Minnesota plus three and a half against Kansas City. Uh, the Vikings hosting that one, and that could be a big factor. Any you know home field advantage these days seems to be minimal compared to what it once was. Minnesota, one of the few teams that still has a fairly strong home field edge. And beyond that, going to give a hat tip here to Sharp Clark on the Move the Line pod. He broke this down as well, noting that the Vikings are the most blitz-heavy team in the league. And that could be a big red flag in this matchup because historically Patrick Mahomes has shredded the blitz. But Sharp Clark pointed out that that's largely been via leaning on his wide receivers in Kansas City. And that wide receiver core this year, probably weaker than it's ever been in the Patrick Mahomes-Andy Reid era. On the other side of the ball, The Vikings have had some unsustainable bad luck with turnovers offensively. Adam Chernoff on the RAS app noted after the Vikings-Panthers game last weekend, Minnesota now has five turnovers inside their opponent's five-yard line this season. That's more than one turnover a week from inside the five. It's tough for me to wrap my head around that. And beyond that, eight turnovers so far this season for Minnesota inside the opponent's 25-yard line. So just about fringe red zone territory and two turnovers a game. I don't see how that can last. I think with the Vikings getting some of their key offensive linemen healthier, looking at positive regression in the turnover department, looking at this matchup as a whole, uh, it's tough to bet against the Chiefs knowing Patrick Mahomes is as good as he is, but I like Minnesota to keep it within a field goal. Ed, any thoughts on Minnesota plus three and a half hosting Kansas City? My numbers have Kansas City by five. I think this is uh, one of those games in which like my metrics are probably leaning more on on preseason priors. Look, Kansas City has not been the same type of offense. I'm really trying to dig in and figure out like what the heck is going on. It hasn't been the team 
that we have expected. Um, they're they're not as good in passing success rate as as they've been in the past. Uh, they uh, Patrick Mahomes is actually putting the ball in dangerous positions uh, a lot. We'll talk about that a little bit later. It, it's kind of a strange four games so far. So, but I do expect them to bounce back, right? Like all all the tools are there. Like Andy Reid has always figured it out, and I expect them to do that as well. And, you know, I mean, it's interesting with Minnesota with the bad luck because obviously they had so much good luck last year, record in one score games, uh, so on and so forth, right, through through the course of the season. Um, I really spent some time trying to like Minnesota this preseason. Uh, I, I was not high on Detroit. I think I'm eating some crow on that one. I didn't think Green Bay was as good as everyone else thought they were this preseason and I really wanted to dig in and like bet some Minnesota to win that division. And I, and I just couldn't do it. Like it's, I feel like it's Justin Jefferson and and not a lot of, uh, uh, not a lot of other supporting cast there. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I would probably stay away from it. Um, I, I just, I just don't think Minnesota is particularly talented. I mean, I know they haven't had the best of, of luck lately. I think it's more likely that kind of Kansas city bounces back and, becomes a team that that we know that they can be um so yeah that's my that's my take on that game all right well we will see if we can find some mutual agreement as we continue to work across the week five slate and at this point we'll move into teasers ed i know that that's not necessarily in your wheelhouse but i will uh give a bit of a breakdown here and see what you think and to start for this week, I'll just say that last week, the beauty of teasers was on full display with both the Eagles and the Chiefs winning by three on the nose. So again, uh, not to be too robotic or mechanical here, but the value of teasers typically comes crossing through those key numbers of three and seven, laying minus 120 or less. This week, we've got three fits on the board as it sits on Thursday evening, Houston plus seven and a half at Atlanta. Indianapolis plus eight and a half hosting Tennessee. As you touched on earlier, you like the Colts outright in a straight bet plus two and a half, but you could tease the Colts up to plus eight and a half at home against the Titans. And a third option would be the Jets plus eight and a half at Denver. Usually when we have several options like this, I try to approach it as some sort of process of elimination. And it's hard to fault any of these three looks in my book. I will say a slight tiebreaker would be that Circa currently shaded toward minus three for Denver. I like a a cleaner cross through the three. So I'll call my best bet as far as teasers go this week. Houston plus seven and a half at Atlanta paired with Indianapolis plus eight and a half hosting Tennessee. And one thing I like about this, we've got some low totals in both games. 41 and a half for Texans Falcons and 43 for Titans Colts. So that really, I think, magnifies the relative value of each point we get in a teaser. Ed, any thoughts on teasing up through a touchdown, both the Texans and the Colts on this week's card? Yeah, I certainly like that. I mean, I've definitely talked about my take on the Colts. Uh, Fabian Suma came on my show and, and talked about liking yes. Texans uh, plus two. Plus, I, I Actually, I don't think any more plus twos out there right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's certainly sitting at the right number. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of Atlanta at all. I know there are some particular matchups that some people have liked. Um, but yeah, I think, I think those are two really great teaser legs. All right. And I will say unofficially two really good teaser legs, the jets, again, it's hard to fault them. So I would say kind of like last week, an unofficial three teamer hit with Tennessee, Philadelphia, and Kansas city. I cannot fault the notion of teasing Houston, Indianapolis, and the Jets. That would be a three-team, six-point teaser. Look for plus 170 or better on that. 
And just a note about bankroll management. If you are looking to play Houston and Indy and multiple teasers, manage your exposure on those two teams accordingly. Ed, we've covered sides and teasers. And now I'd love to get into props and kick off this segment by noting that I've noticed this season, it seems like you're starting to corner the market when it comes to one prop in particular, and that would be quarterback interceptions. And I'm just wondering what goes into your process in terms of finding an edge in that quarterback interception prop market. It goes back to COVID in 2020. I had some time because there was no sports going on and I really dug into the question, can we predict turnovers? And what I found was that you can do a better job with interceptions than simply looking at interception rate. Interception rate is, tends to not be predictive. I think part of the reason is because those events are so rare. Uh, what happens is that if you look at a bigger set of events, so if you look at interceptions plus passes defended, or anytime the defense gets their hand on the ball, uh, I call that some uh, bad ball. And, and then I call bad ball rate uh, is certainly just interceptions plus passes defended divided by total attempts. And what I found was that bad ball rate is about as predictive as any quarterback statistic gets. So my process is simply looking at bad ball rate and projecting that onto an interception rate, doing a little bit of math to figure out the probability of whether a quarterback is going to go to throw a pick or not. Uh, the market's always set at half a pick. And yeah, and, and obviously doing a little bit of handicapping on, on top of that as well, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So uh, I've, I've actually gotten, uh, you know, I had one bet week one. Uh, things were kind of busy, so I didn't really... Uh, I didn't didn't have any more than that, and it's steadily I've been getting <clears throat> getting more on top of things and looking at every quarterback in every game. Had a lean on Sam Howell to throw a pick uh, tonight, which already happened, and that's kind of interesting too. Uh, maybe we could talk about that, right? Because he doesn't have a ton of pass attempts, right? He's a young player. With Patrick Mahomes, we know what his track record is. We know what Andy Reid's track record is with interceptions, with bad balls, and it's very good. We don't really know with Sam Howell. So when Sam Howell has a bad ball rate of, I think, in excess of 13%, and that's bad. The NFL average is 11.6% uh, to give you some perspective. And um, But when I looked at it, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I can kind of guess how many – I'm, I'm going to take how many attempts that Sam Howell is going to throw based on the markets – but, you know, let's not take like there's a lot of noise in in his actual statistics. Let's just assume that he's NFL average. I do not think he's NFL average. I think he's going to be worse than NFL average in terms of taking care of the football. But let's just assume he's NFL average. When you did that, I think I came up with like 52 percent that he was going to throw a pick tonight. And so, you know, I sent out to my members, you know, let's lean towards the over because the the probability of his throwing a pick was plus 100. So just to lean there having to cash. So happy for that. But that that's kind of how I handicap it. Right. Um, you know, with the quarterbacks that have, have been starting for three years, I'll just take their true numbers. Uh, if it is a quarterback that doesn't have as many attempts, uh, I will just try to assume the best for that quarterback and see how the number compares to that. Desmond Ritter was also another example heading into last week, he had thrown one career interception. He had a, you know, an unsustainable half a percent interception rate, uh, which didn't, uh, which doesn't make sense. Right. So, um, but the only way I could get to the market number was to assume that he was Patrick Mahomes. And that was still even, that was, that was still like, I, I think there was still like maybe a percentage point or two of value there. And he's not Patrick Mahomes. 
because there's only one Matt Patrick Mahomes. So um, that was in Five Nuggets Saturday. Uh, doesn't matter to, to go over. And by the time I checked my phone on Sunday morning, he had tripled his career interceptions. So that was nice. So that's my process. Like, uh, I feel very good about the numerical model, but I don't try not to just go with that. I try to do some handicapping as well. Um, and, and watch some games and, and try to look for some tendencies. So it sounds like we've got a fair mix of both quantitative and qualitative data informing the process here. And you might have teased this earlier when you were talking about Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to ask if we can spare the audience some of the math that you apply to this process and see if there's a favorite prop that you've identified for week five. Right. I, I actually haven't identified any. I usually end up doing this Friday morning with the market get a little bit mature. But uh, I, I do want to talk about Jalen Hurts. So this is someone that we were on the over last week. He did not throw an interception. But his tendency in the game against Washington was to push the ball down the field to A.J. Brown, which makes a lot of sense because it's A.J. Brown. But it's Jalen Hurts, who I don't believe is the most accurate quarterback out there. He wasn't terrible in terms of bad balls necessarily, but there were often times where he was trying to go deep to AJ Brown and a Washington defender was closer to the ball than Brown was. Um, I, I would be very surprised. I think the, you know, the price for Hertz to throw a pick is going to be similar to last week. Um, I really liked it last week. It didn't win, but I, I would be shocked if I were not on Hertz again to throw a pick this week. And you mentioned that these are always priced at over under a half. So the juice is really a determining factor for whether or not to pull the trigger. No, it's early on for your process looking at the week five slate. But is there a number that you are anticipating when you speak of having an early lean on Hertz over half an interception? Any ballpark for the juice that you'd expect to lay for that prop? Well, I mean, a lot of these quarterbacks, like you're, you're getting positive returns on over a pick. Uh, so I, I mean, I think Hertz was plus 135 last week, and I'm coming up with numbers like it's 54% for him to throw a pick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, quite a bit of value in, in a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, I've been actually surprised that most of the bets are on the over. That's not, not what I expect. Um, but may, maybe it is what you expect, right? Because like over on a pick is kind of like a bad thing, you're kind of like rooting against people right? Which is kind of the equivalent of like betting the under on a receiver. So maybe that does make sense. I don't know. Um, tend to be on the over. And All right, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you know, you, like what I often see is that the price will be, you know, plus 130, even plus I think Ritter was like plus 145 last week to throw a pick. And the you know, when you estimate the probability it ends up being, I mean, often over 50%. I like the point that you made about basically baiting human achievement with an over in the interceptions right. market for quarterbacks. So I hear you there on that often equating with unders or bets that a lot of betters typically don't like to place. And Ed, while it's important to know that there are two sides to the coin and we can bet unders or bet against human achievement, there are times where it can also make sense to bet on a certain player or team to achieve good things. And while we've covered good ground in the side teaser and prop markets, I understand that there are also a couple of futures that you've identified where you see some value at this stage of the season. So why don't you take it away with a couple of looks in the NFL futures market? Right. I mean, I've been having a lot of fun with the unabated simulator. I can put in my member numbers, which I strongly believe in. 
And I did that this week. And one of the interesting things that popped up was uh, Jacksonville Futures. Jacksonville is a team that looks pretty good on offense in my numbers, top 10 team when I look at adjusted passing success rate. What was surprising was that their defense has been better than last season. And, um, you know, they're, they're better when I look at adjusting passing, passing success rate. Their PFF coverage grade is actually top 10 this year. Unfortunately, defensive performance tends to be more volatile than offense, but still at this point in the season, you're just looking for a good signal that uh, that that your defense is better. Like it was pretty bad last year, despite their success, despite making it to the playoffs, despite having that comeback win over the Chargers in the playoffs. Uh, so, I, you know, I was kind of high on Jacksonville and it was nice to see the numbers spit out that they uh, there was. um there was value on them to win the division. I think you can grab plus 150 on FanDuel for Jacksonville to win the division. And basically what the simulator is seeing is that Jacksonville's ranked 10th or 11th or, you know, borderline top 10 team in my numbers. And the, the remaining three teams in the division are, I think, 27th, 28th, and 29th or something. Some, something like that. Bottom, bottom eight teams. Uh, and it's... A situation in which Houston and Indianapolis are have actually been upgraded by my numbers since the beginning of the season. I think we all can understand that and see that with what's going on with how they played. Tennessee's kind of about the same, maybe downgraded a little bit. But there's just a big gap between the bottom three teams and Jacksonville. That's what my numbers are seeing with, with the unabated simulator. So plus 150 for them to win the division, uh, I think, is a bet with a lot of value. And then I believe there's also an angle on the Jags to make the playoffs. Of course, if they win the division, they would make the playoffs by default. But just in case, maybe there's a cushion looking that way as well as a wild card team potentially. I think so. Yeah, let me see. Let me make sure I'm getting you the right number. Uh... Sure. Last I saw was minus 110 on the Jags to make the playoffs. So a bit of a price yes. differential, but there's that safety net uh, just in case they don't win the division, but do still right. sneak into the playoffs. Right. Yes. I have written down minus one ten to make the playoffs at DK. Um value on that according to my numbers. All right. And when you talk about the big gap you see between the Jags and the other three teams in the division, I would like to dig in just a bit further on Houston and Indy. You mentioned the rookie quarterbacks, and for pretty clear reasons through four weeks, the Texans and Colts have been upgraded in the eyes of the market. How do you wrestle with the fact that there is a big gap by your numbers right now between the Jags and the rest of the division. And also the fact that especially the Texans and Colts could be pretty high variance teams, given that we've seen generally positive things from CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson, uh, but it's only four weeks and there are still a lot of unknowns there. Um, if the unknowns work out negatively for those two teams, that could give the Jags an even easier path to the division title. But if some of those unknowns break positively in Houston and or Indianapolis, that could make it tougher sledding for Jacksonville and the AFC South. Oh, absolutely. Um, but but like, you know, let's consider the ceiling for what Jacksonville. Sorry, let's consider the ceiling for Houston and Indianapolis. Like if they are like pushing NFL average, that's that's a great season for for both of those teams. Right. And even if they are pushing NFL average, I, I, I still think Jacksonville is better than NFL average. I still see some value there. It's interesting. I've been <laughs> I've, I've actually I actually got some some email replies today uh, saying you don't like CJ Stroud as an NFL quarterback. You don't, are you not impressed with what he's done this season? And I was like, no, no, not at all. I've, I've said, I've liked CJ Stroud, even since his Ohio state days. I thought, he, I thought he was a fantastic quarterback. 
it's just like it's only four games, guys. Let's just let's just let's 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 see some more games. That's all. It's just a small sample size. So let's let's just be cautious with um you know, like an offense that we didn't think had a lot of weapons coming into the season. They've obviously done great, particularly the last two games, but it's only four games. Speaking of small sample size, this is the part of the show where I'd usually work in some sort of a bet to break down courtesy of our mutual friend, Adam Chernoff with the Right Angle Sports team. Oftentimes he's given a prop for the purposes of this show. This week, though, I'd like to get into a rapid fire on how you rate four teams that have surprised so far this season, for better or worse. Again, it's early, so things could regress positively or negatively. But, Ed, yeah. let's look to spend about 30 seconds on how you rate each of these teams, starting with a few pleasant surprises. First off, the aforementioned Indianapolis Colts. Uh, what do you make of them, what we've seen so far this season, and how that informs what you expect from them moving forward? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're kind of crawling out of the – I was going to do something, Matt, where, like, I would just give you off the cuff what I thought of the teams without looking at my numbers and what they said. But, unfortunately, I've looked at my numbers on on, on <laughs> what this team says. Uh, I, I uh, Yeah, I mean, I mean, I kind of like Indy. I, I've actually been someone that thought Indianapolis was horrendously overrated a couple years ago when everyone was singing the praises of Chris Ballard and all he had done. And all I saw was a defense that wasn't particularly good. And, um, but now, you know, I think, I think they're on the rise. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier that, you know, they were 30th in, in some of my preseason metrics. I think that was way too low. Um, so, you know, I think their ceiling is that they're a top 20 team in the NFL. Uh, they're not quite there yet. Uh, I, I wouldn't rate them there yet, but, that's maybe their ceiling for this year. How about the Los Angeles Rams? Oh, so they started really low, and obviously they've done pretty well. No Cooper Cup, but Puka Nakua has been a, a revelation. And, um, you know, I mean, they're, they've been doing pretty well on both sides of the ball. I think I would have them rated close to NFL average. I would say probably on the bottom side still just because my metrics tend to still wait preseason quite a bit uh let me look at where i have them yeah i'm 23rd so even a little bit lower than that um i am still it is you know it's a little bit weird for me to see my numbers having some value on philly this week you know philly was a team that was really good last year the type of team that got a point or two extra compared to most number systems because they were one of the preeminent teams in the NFL. That doesn't seem like the case anymore. And part of that is the Rams. They've, they've just been a lot better than anyone expected. One more team that's exceeded all reasonable expectations thus far. Ed, what do you currently make of the Arizona Cardinals? Right. I mean, I'm still going to have them as a bottom five team. I'm not moving too far off that prior. Uh, they, they have looked good. You know, I think I mentioned that just by the data this year that they're, they're 12th in the NFL. Uh, I'd be shocked if I had them out of the bottom five and oh, they're actually still at the bottom. Interesting. The very bottom 32 out of 32 Very bottom, very bottom. I mean, there's some reasons there's some market data mixed in there as well. And so that's going to be something that's a little bit slower to react. Um, yeah, they're still at the bottom. Are priors still a factor there? Yeah, absolutely. Okay makes sense yeah with with some teams it makes sense to hold on to priors longer than others i feel like the more unknowns we have the quicker it might make sense to release some of that data to anchor things too strongly but 
Understood with where you have three pleasant surprises thus far, the Colts, Rams, and Cardinals. To round this out, Ed, one unpleasant surprise, the Cincinnati Bengals. Where do you currently rate them? Yeah, coming into the season, definitely top five, Super Bowl contender. I mean, I'm still going to have them in the top 10. You know, obviously, like, that is not something that is realistic if Joe Burrow is – plays like he did last week, right? I mean, you can't rate that team that high. The defense is down a little bit from what they were last year. I thought last year was just a particularly good year for that defense, given that the talent that they had as well. I definitely think that helped them on their run. Uh, I'm still going to have them in the top 10, though. Yeah, I have them seventh. Uh, That's probably too high in Burrow's current condition. So you have the Bengals currently seventh. The Cardinals still in the basement at 32nd. And we're looking at a surprisingly short line if you have any stock in priors or look-ahead lines. Bengals laying three at Arizona. I know you didn't highlight that game when we were talking sides. Um, Any interest in possibly playing Cincinnati based on your numbers or any reason why you still have that one perhaps categorized as a stay away? Yeah, I'm staying away. I saw one of the bigger groups like released it today. I mean, I can't, I can't do it before I see Burrow be a little bit mobile and, 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 and not be as bad as he was against the Tennessee defense that I don't think is very good. All right. Makes a lot of sense. I will remind the audience at this point that I am partnering with the team at Writing Sports this season in an affiliate capacity. And uh, when deciding to do so, I thought about why we're here doing this show in the first place. And that is largely to highlight the best betting information from the sharpest sources. And with its team of pro sports bettors, Right Angle Sports has built a reputation as the gold standard for picks. This season, they're offering something for everybody from the NFL to college football, and now their college basketball package is available. So if you're interested in trying their pick service, you can support Props and Hops by supporting Right Angle Sports. I've got a custom link I created, tinyurl.com slash picks. If you're checking us out, via YouTube or in podcast form. That link is in the show notes on Twitter. You can find that link in my bio. Ed, I know you've been betting for a while and you have some contacts within the right angle sports team. Uh, Any thoughts on the work that they do and the service they provide for people who do choose to buy their picks? Yeah. I mean, Raz is incredible. Their record speaks for themselves. And I know a lot of people very well that, that work over there. And I'm, I'm always impressed with, the effort and then, you know, just the number of pros that they put together that have seen like everything, uh, every high and low of betting on sports. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really respect the work that they do over there. All right. Well, thank you for the kind words. And if that's a nudge for anybody, uh, go ahead and check out again, tinyurl.com slash picks or check the link in the show notes. And now that we've talked about Sides, teasers, props, futures. I want to give a rapid fire rundown. We can think of this as the props and hops week five portfolio for the NFL. As far as sides go, Ed is on Indianapolis plus two and a half hosting Houston. I'm on Minnesota plus three and a half hosting Kansas City. As far as teasers go, the best bet would be Houston plus seven and a half at Atlanta, paired with Indy plus eight and a half hosting Tennessee, and maybe an unofficial bonus teaser. Three team six pointer at plus 170 or better. Houston plus seven and a half. Andy plus eight and a half, as we've mentioned, plus the Jets plus eight and a half at Denver. As far as props go, nothing really firmly locked in at this point. But Ed, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you're leaning toward Jalen Hurts over half an interception, especially if that line comes in in the ballpark of plus 135. Does that sound about right? That would be great. Yep. 
All right, so we will keep our eyes peeled for that. By the time a lot of the audience is catching this conversation, that may be widely available. So go, go ahead and keep an eye out. And then as far as futures go, Ed also has identified value on the Jaguars to win the division at plus 150 and to make the playoffs at minus 110.